This is episode number 191 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. So we have a great episode today because Stephanie is sick and dying, (laughs) according to her, dying. And I am just getting over a sickness. I'm in that terrible phase where it's like your throat. So like I have this terrible drainage at night and like your throat gets on fire and then you wake up and you feel, you do feel like you're like dying. And, but then as the day goes on, it gets better. So I've been up longer than Stephanie. (laughs) So I feel fine. So what is it about like August and September? I feel like that's when I get sick every year. I don't get sick all year. And then it's like last year in August, I had that terrible, terrible cough as most people will remember i remember i was when we would record i would like lose it and i of course had to edit all it out but or edit it all out but it it's happened again and i've gotten sick back to back like i got sick i got better then i got sick again like with the same thing and it's not like i'm like out frolicking around with people and like with students and my kids not in school it just happens man yeah i don't know does oh, no. is a lot of people at your school sick? Do you is that does it kind of like no. all go around? Oh. No, it's just it's just me and him, <laughs> and we're trying to like keep everything on the down low. We're walking around just coughing and sneezing together all the time. <laughs> <laughs> him being this guy you're now talking to, right? Who I mentioned in the last podcast, but who is leaving Oxford for good in a few days, so. It is the end. The end is nigh, and I will be back to, you know, perpetual spinsterhood. So. <laughs> spinsterhood. Not like there's anything wrong with that. You know, the word spinster comes from women who chose not to have kids and wanted to have their own careers and be financially independent and stuff like that. But of course, it became a bad word because misogyny. Okay. Oh, step. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anything new with you? How's it going with all your new business stuff? It seems like you were just, you just messaged me about you needed help with your Instagram, although I could not help. So what, how have you been making progress? Is it like a thing now? Can I follow you on Instagram? Your new stuff? Actually you can, and you'll be my first follower. So I did, I did create my new Instagram account and I have not connected it to anything and so nobody is following me currently, but it exists. Okay. You know, it exists. So Noelle can, <coughs> Noelle can follow me. Um, things are falling into place. I'm feeling really good and positive. I am feeling hopeful. It seems on track for another Steph's birthday launch. It's, uh, it's coming. It's coming, which is just really it's starting to feel really good. I was in, I was panicking for months because I couldn't get all the pieces together, but now the pieces are together and I'm like, all right, here we go. Um, so I will, what, when, when are we releasing this? It's like 
end of September. Yeah. Uh, early, yeah, first week in, well, second week in October. Yep. This podcast? Mm-hmm. Wow, we're so far ahead. Okay, so sometime in the week of October 18th, <laughs> maybe in the, the week afterwards, I will have most likely posted a new podcast called The Meaning of Everything. And just, I don't know, go see if it's there. And download it. <laughs> yeah. So how long did download this, it. for people who are all, you know, starting your own, like a new thing is really hard. And starting a new business, starting a new, you know, having a new idea and formulating it. Like how long have you been working on this? Is this something that you just did kind of over the summer and now you're finally launching it in October? Or how, how long has this kind of been in the works? Since January. Oh, wow. So it's been a long time. Well, it's been a long time. It's, it's, I tend to really want to think things into the ground, you know, and this is really important to me and I really wanted to do it right. So I spent a lot, God, I spent so much time just thinking, you know, laying on the ground, staring at the ceiling, walking around, like just hours and hours and hours of just thinking it's, it seems so simple, but even in one sentence, you know, picking the words, the seven words that you want can take ages. You mm-hmm. know, the podcast mm-hmm. title, ages, colors, ages, everything just took me a really long time. Uh, so yeah, these types of things do take a while and you have to rely on other people to design things for you. And usually they're late because designers. And so um, all that's all that sort of stuff, it, it does take a lot of time. But yeah, the meaning of everything should be out by the third week of October at the latest. That's my plan. So uh, go see if it's there. And also you can follow me on Insta, Stephanie Rupert. Do you have that URL, that website address? Yeah, stephanierupert.com. Oh, 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 okay. I thought it would be the meaning of everything.com. But oh, stephanierupert.com no, works. Yeah, uh, go to stephanierupert.com and all this stuff will be there. So you can Wonderful. see if there's actually a podcast that exists. That's a much, a much smarter method. Thanks, Noelle, for your smart tips <laughs> for fixing, for fixing to help. my promotional efforts. Thank you. Happy to help. Um, how long did it take you to figure out that name? Were you mulling over a lot of different names? or Also, since January, yes. Yeah. And I, to be honest with you, I really don't like to go with a name unless it sings to me. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of good options and none of them were singing. This was the one that was closest to singing, but it's still not singing. So in the coming months, it may change. But for now, it is what it is. Picking I'm, a name I'm is hard. Chill. I'm chill. Yeah. Yeah. Picking a name is hard. That's probably one of the top questions I get is like, I'm having a hard time figuring out what to name. You know, how, do I just go with my own name? Do I have a brand name? And it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to figure out. It's hard to know what direction you want to go. It's hard to know where, where you want to niche down to and all the topics you want to talk about within your brand and within your topic. And so don't think that it's going to happen overnight, folks, because obviously this has been, what, seven, eight, nine months, probably a little bit more in the working. Um, yeah, I guess by the time it launches, years. 10. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like a accumulation of a lot of stuff, but really solidly 10 months until launch. So and I've done it all before. Yeah, and you've you done know, it all before. So like, mm-hmm. if I hadn't, it would have taken way longer. Yeah, and a lot of people talk about like taking the leap and doing the thing that you want to do that you're quote unquote passionate about. But I'm like team, you know, 
slowly integrate this new thing into your life and be working on it. I I worked on my brand for probably a year, a year and a half while I was doing another job and getting paid, which is important, you know? And so while I was not doing that job, I was, you know, I didn't have any kids, but I was doing things on the weekends. I was doing things at night. I was learning how to build a website. I was writing down names. I was taking those names to everybody and reading them to to them and seeing what people thought and, you know, just formulating ideas and, and just learning because it takes so much learning to get into, you know, the whole online sh- space. But I, I'm team like get paid and and work out a lot of those things that are going to take a lot of time that you don't necessarily make money with. <laughs> you're pro- Actually, you're probably spending, you know, you're like buying a website and buying a domain and, you know, getting an LLC and just it's a lot. So if you have a job that you can slowly phase yourself out of, which I was blessed to have that, you know, I went from full time then to part time. And then to just, you know, saying sayonara once I really had my thing afloat and had my NTP certification, you know, I that's that's an incredible way. And so Stephanie's not, you know, it's interesting because you're not like, this is your big thing, but you've been slowly inching into that. And I'm sure more, it'll take up more of your time over the next year, two, three, but you're still doing your other stuff, you know, so. Def- yeah, definitely I am. And because finances. Yeah. Definitely I am. Yes, because finances and it's all it's all important. But um, yeah, they do. They do take a they do take a chunk. And that's totally okay. I mean, again, you're correct. It's it's uh, it's been years. These things really are years Mm -hmm. in the making. And it's sometimes I regret that I didn't do things sooner. You know, I regret that I wasn't quicker that I didn't push myself. But on the other hand, I really firmly believe that sitting in ideas, mulling them over, learning about alternatives, you know, figuring out how all this stuff works, like the letting it take time can be really positive for you in the long run. So yeah, and when I was getting into it, too, I felt the exact same way, which is like, I am so behind the curve. Everybody's already doing this. Like, uh, you know, (laughs) I should have been doing this four years ago. But uh, I wasn't in the position to, nor was I, I think, in the headspace and, and where I was mentally and emotionally in my mindset. Like, I just wasn't in that space. So I might have taken my business in an entirely different direction if I had started four years ago, you know? So I, when I, if I, since I started when I did, I really, really was passionate about mindset. And that's really the direction that I took everything. So, you know, there you go. I, you know... <laughs> everybody's always already doing it and there's nobody who's like not already doing what you're doing like most people are talking about the things you want to talk about but nobody has your voice and you can always connect with people on a deeper level with your vulnerability and your honesty and the way that you are going to talk about your experiences and how you're going to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about whether that be health nutrition fitness or the meaning of everything so that's the stuff that's the stuff and that's very very wise very wise so um my one other question for you are you gonna be so like next year you're gonna be done with school i'm not really dead set on deadlines and also it's not entirely up to me you know oxford is just this like slow behemoth glacier moving (laughs) (laughs) institution that demolishes everything in its path so you don't really get a say when 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 you get to finish. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about a year, but I, again. Yeah. 
Cool. So just trying to figure out when you're actually going to come back to the States. Oh, well, I never said I was coming back to the States. Oh, okay. I mean, probably, probably, you know, but I, but I don't have any particular, I know I talked about San Francisco a lot, but I don't, you know, I don't have any concrete plans. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You put that in your bio. <laughs> she lives nowhere. She lives nowhere. She splits. She splits her time between San Francisco and something else. Yeah, somewhere else, Oxford. You know, all the places. Okay, quick announcement: Thrive Market. I mentioned this last week. I think <laughs> I can't remember. It's not making sense. Yes, I did make it. Uh, this announcement last week. They have changed their. Deal, which I think is fantastic. 25% off your first order, thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. So same link, new offer. You don't really have anything to lose. Go and browse around, sign up, put your email in. You'll get 25% off your first order. And that's on top of all of the other discounts that Thrive Market has. So in addition to their own brand, which again is very affordable, they have uh, everything that you can find at Whole Foods is pretty much on their website, plus tons of other things, uh, you know, organic, GMO-free, uh, holistic, like, you know, supplements and baby products and just a lot of different things, even like baby bottles. Like, that's where I got Stella's sippy cups. Uh, now now she's moved to like a straw cup. I, I get it all there. And if I find something that I want, I, I want let's say on Amazon or Whole Foods, I immediately check uh, Thrive Market. And most of the time it's there, which is really great. And it's like 10 to 50% off of retail value. And last week I talked about how I was looking through elderberry syrup because, you know, flow season's right around the corner. And so they have a lot of kids supplements and that stuff can get expensive. I was just at Whole Foods this morning and saw that the elderberry syrup is 20 bucks and it's on sale right now with on Thrive for $11, this Gaia Kids elderberry syrup. So I don't have any affiliation with them. I just really like their elderberry syrup. So um, check it out. If, if you're, you know, think, especially with back to school, there's a lot of stuff to get. You gotta, you know, you need snacks and food to send with your kids. And there's so much stuff on Thrive Market, a ton of, Happy baby products. Give it a try. Thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. If anything, just try that first order and see what you get out of it. Make sure you put a lot in your cart since you get 25% off. Um, stock up on the things you know you love and try some new stuff. And then you can continue on if, if it's a good fit and you like it, which I'm sure you will. Okay, anything else before we get into the questions? Question number one is from Meredith. Hi, I'm a new listener, listener, slowly but surely working my way through the old episodes, and I absolutely love y'all's podcast. My question relates to periods. I had a baby last June and nursed her until her first birthday when she decided she was done. Crying face emoji. So it's been close to three months since, and I haven't gotten my period back. I have always had irregular periods, mostly due to an eating disorder. Once I fought my way through that, I got one or two periods, which are sporadic, and then ended up pregnant. I feel like my hormones are all over the place. I'm ready to have a period again, and I try not to stress about it, but as time passes, I'm getting more impatient. I eat kind of paleo with the occasional bowl of steel-cut oats. I'm 5'5". She says the only advice my midwife gave me was to add in protein shakes, which means meal replacement in my head, 
not a good food source for me. I recently started taking vitamin D, which I feel like might help a little. I was wondering if you had any other recommendations. Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, this is very tricky. We talk about this sort of, we talk about this process of moving forward out of pregnancy and breastfeeding and the like often on the podcast. And our answers are off, you know, 96% patients, <laughs> just kidding, 20% maybe patients. Um, we do a lot of talking about trying to figure out how and when you intervene, you try to take concrete steps to steer your body in one particular direction or another and, and what have you. And so, yes, like I do believe that the, that the patient's piece is in order. I also think there are, so some women, their menstruation is like clockwork their entire life. Maybe they go on the pill for a bit and they're fine. And then they come off the pill and they're fine. And then they're back at clockwork. You know, like some people's uh, reproductive systems are just like they're, they're relentless. They're on track. And that's, but that's not, that's not the case. Uh, That's definitely, we can't generalize that. You know, we definitely can't say that that's the case for everybody. And there are some people who are way on the other end of the spectrum and their reproductive systems are like delicate snowflakes. Mine is, mine is one of these are used to be, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit less so now, but when the, and this means that disruptions can be very, very disruptive, right? And even if, if they seem like they're small and, in the past, with the with the eating disorder, you know, we, I, I don't know anything about what that experience was like, but definitely with um, under eating or depriving yourself, that's that's emotionally stressful and that's physically stressful, and so that's naturally going to cause a problem. And it's no surprise to me that your system and you know perhaps because you've had a you know I, I don't know how long your history of this has been but if you've been irregular your whole life then it's definitely because of this it's a part of this that with with what you're doing right now you're you're still not seeing uh still not seeing a lot of results so all of which is to say i wouldn't panic your system is just i think sensitive i would it seems as though you may continue to have a tendency to eat less rather than more right? Given she gave us height and weight and also given your history, right? We tend to carry these, carry these things forward with us, even if we don't know it. And so I really do think that focusing a lot on eating more is really good, you know, especially coming out of pregnancy and breastfeeding, like your body is, has been just giving away, literally giving away so much of its nutrients and also, of course, calories, right? When you're, when you're breastfeeding, you're giving away a lot of calories. So bringing in calories is really important. And the problem is there are so many things you could put on that list. And so really, I think eating a lot of vegetables and a lot of high-quality animal products, including eggs and organ meats and, and fats and carbs and all that, and you're eating oats, so I know you're getting carbs, um, including all of those things, I think is probably the most robust way to 
get your nutrient profile back up and your calorie intake at the same time. You know, just heap, heap it on, heap it on in the morning, in the afternoon, at nighttime, uh, tons of tons and tons and tons of the good stuff. And also what some not good stuff too, because calories are important. So you know, throw on some cake if you like, but I would definitely uh, focus on getting as much uh, nutrient density as possible. D3, vitamin E, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K, your B vitamins, um, all these things are, all these things are uh, really important. And, and I'm, I'm sorry that I can't give you a specific supplement to take that's going to fix this. But I really do believe that it's both the calories and just the whole palette of micronutrients that's going to get you going. Yeah, I would agree. I, um, I think that it is normal. So first of all, it is normal. So lactational amenorrhea is just when we don't have a period because we're breastfeeding. And that's very normal. And a lot of women will get their period when baby starts sleeping through the night. Some women won't get their period until a few months after they wean. And so lactational uh, amenorrhea is different from what we would so we talk about a lot, which is hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is really caused by an energy balance issue is, is kind of how I would describe it after all the research I've done on it, which means your body is seeing that somehow too much energy is going out and not enough is coming in. And so all of those hormones that go towards the reproductive process are being used to support either the the stress response and or your body is just has such a low body fat that it which body fat stores estrogen and so your body has such a low body fat percentage or just low body fat in general that your period disappears and and sex reproduction hormones kind of get take a backseat and so we're talking about lactational amenorrhea that's normal that's because the same hormone that makes milk called prolactin, that's actually, it suppresses the release of hormones that cause eggs to mature and become fertile. And I think it's actually a really beautiful way of, of pregnancy spacing, so to speak. Um, and so really for for a lot of women, I mean, it's all, there's no one answer about like when your period should return. And so for some people, it, it happens pretty quickly. And for others, it, it takes a while so you are definitely within the normal range. I'm not sure why your midwife recommends protein shakes other than maybe she's trying to get you to eat more, trying to get your caloric intake up. Um, there's nothing that I know of that would just say eat protein because that'll help you get your period back. Um, I would say, you know, eat more, eat nutrient-dense foods. Yes, that's important because before you, you ha got pregnant, things were still a little dicey. So that makes me think that there's still a little bit of that going on here, which is you might have been underfed and your body might have been under a lot of stress. And so you're going to, like Stephanie was, um, you know, saying is is that you're likely one of those people that it just, you're a little bit more sensitive and until you can really convince your body that it is not starving and that you have lots of food, you're going to have this sort of irregularity. And I, so, you know, I think the process is involves one, being patient, two, eating more, experimenting with eating more carbohydrate and just really focusing on nutrient density. I would definitely keep that vitamin D3 supplement up. There are some research that shows zinc can help in this situation. So zinc deficiency can disrupt 
normal ovulation so you can supplement with something like that. I would actually still recommend taking your prenatal um, until you get your period back because I think you're just your body is probably been a little bit drained. And if you have a really good prenatal that has folate, which is B vitamins, and it has some vitamin D and vitamin A, and it should have some zinc in it, I think that that could really serve you well. So keep taking that. Um, Magnesium's really important. I think it's really important for reproductive health, and I know for sure that your body has been stripped of that mineral, so I would recommend doing natural calm, but on top of that, taking a magnesium chelate, an actual supplement, or you could use magnesium oil and rub that into your skin. And on top of that, I would just say, you know, make sure you're reducing your stress levels and doing everything you can do to improve your circadian rhythm function. So when we talk about reducing stress levels, I know that it's a super sexy topic and everybody loves it, but it is sort of a gray area and everybody thinks that reducing stress levels is all about you know, not going to work anymore or uh, not, you know, (laughs) not hanging out with the family members that you don't necessarily love all that much. Uh, You don't, you love, but you don't like, Um, you know, we all have those. And so there's, there's stressors that you can't necessarily remove. And so a lot of us sometimes are just like throw up our hands and say, well, you know, reducing stress. Oh, well, I'll just have to move away from that. But this is really, really important. And it's an important part of hormonal function is reducing stress. And that can be from all, a lot of different areas. So that's not just about the stress that you feel going, you know, through traffic on your way to work. And it's not just the stress at work. And it's not just the stress from family. It is about, it, it's also under eating. It's also over-exercising, it's also not sleeping enough. Those are all physical stressors that that really actually impact your health. And so we have to take that into account when we're talking about hormonal function in general. And, you know, a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people are moving towards seeing it as such, but for a long time, we didn't see the types of food that we were, foods that we were eating as a stressor, you know, inflammatory foods cause inflammation, which is stress on the body. And that can suck a lot of resources. And so we have to think about all that stuff. And that is why it is so important, I think, to build from the foundation of eating nutrient-dense foods, making sure that you are sleeping enough, making sure that you're not over-exercising. And then on top of that, making sure that you have resources to go to when you do experience stress that you can't necessarily remove from your life. So that would be... You know, we talk, we've talked about this in previous episodes, you know, the little things like having a, a, the Calm app downloaded on your phone is not going to solve your problems, but it's something that you can turn to when you start to feel like, I don't know how to manage all this and I really need to take some deep breaths and try to, you know, turn off this sympathetic, this stressed out state. And, you know, so it could be having the Calm app. It could be having a Valerian root tea that you go to. It could be having a therapist that you know, that that you trust, that you can call and say, you know, I need to come in and talk, right? So it's these things that are set up in in your life that you can turn to and go to when you start to feel, feel or be overwhelmed by mental and emotional stress. And so I think that that's important to set up in your life as well. Um, So, yeah. Supplement with zinc, get some magnesium, really think about improving your circadian rhythms and and focus on your sleep right now. That's really important for hormonal health as well. And, you know, I know that it's hard when you're a mom to to not want to sit up when it's nice and quiet in the house and have your quiet time to yourself. But 
it is really important, you know, try to get to bed early and get an extra hour or so of sleep. That can make a huge difference, a huge difference. And we're kind of in this world where it's very easy to stay up late. We have a lot of things that can keep us up, you know, the TV, the phone, a lot of different, uh, you know, blue screens and lights and try to turn it off and try to go to bed. And that's not the easiest thing, but I think it can make a huge difference. So Question number two is from Kim. Hi, Noel and Stephanie. I recently started listening to your podcast and just picked up Coconuts and Kettlebells. I absolutely love the book and your philosophy on food and health. I have two questions for you both. The first is about starting the four by four. I've always wanted to do an elimination diet to get to the root of what's causing my low level digestional distress, bloating, gas, occasional diarrhea, and my eczema and sensitive skin and you and yours is the most doable I have ever seen. I'm wondering if you recommend jumping right into the 4x4 or slowly eliminating things from your diet. I'm someone who hates wasting money and throwing food away, but at the same time, I just want to know what's wrong. Question two has to do with my food allergies. I'm allergic to avocados as well as tree nuts, and my digestion goes into complete revolt every time I eat any leafy greens. I'm wondering what you would recommend as substitutes for these as they seem to be in almost every paleo slash healthy recipe. P.S. I was so happy when I saw the recipes in coconuts and kettlebells weren't full of these ingredients. A little bit about my diet and lifestyle. I mainly eat healthy whole foods, low amounts of refined sugar, and almost no vegetable oils. I walk every day to work and took up CrossFit six months ago. Thank you so much. Yay, the four by four. (laughs) Yay. So the four by four is an invention of ours truly. It's in the book, Coconuts and Kettlebells. I shouldn't even be telling you about it because presumably you already know because presumably you purchased the book the day it came out and presumably you already wrote a five-star review about it on Amazon. <laughs> so, th- so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, the 4 by 4 is a four-week elimination diet plan of sorts uh, in which we, she said it was the most doable she's ever seen and, and we definitely put as put a ton of effort into making it the most doable elimination program that that you can find. You know, you take out the big four, it's grains, dairy, sugar, and seed oils. We help, we try to make it, we tell you that that you should eat as much as you want. Uh, We don't constrict your macronutrients, you know, all that sort of stuff. We get rid of a lot of the pieces that normally make elimination diets. I I was just going to name some, but I won't some elimination diets hard for people. So anyway, try the four by four. It's delightful. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and so um, I recommend Kim what, what to do. I think there are a number of different things you can do with the food you have. And I don't know how much you have. If you have four days worth of food and you just want to eat it. Great. I never have more than, you know, four days worth of food in my kitchen. But um, if you've got weeks worth of stuff, then a clearly it's non perishable, so just hold on to it for the future. Maybe um, b if it is perishable, then it's it's mostly probably fruits and vegetables, so you can eat it. C if it's the kind of things you can't eat and they're going to go bad, then you can donate them. I think that would be a nice. I think that would be a nice cause. But I th- I mean there is these are options, and I really in terms of whether you jump right in or you slowly eliminate these types of things. I think it's very personal. I definitely think that when you do this, especially, (coughs) sorry, especially 
related to digestive issues, it's important. It's important to like do the four by four with everything eliminated. It's important to do that all for four weeks. And so if you gently phase into the four by four, you're still, once you phase in, going to need probably more or less to do these four weeks full on. And so it's really a matter of what you think is going to be the most effective for you. And I, and I, and I can't say one way or the other. I think they're both fine. I think it really depends on how urgent you feel your symptoms are, you know, how, how much you want to just leap in head first and do this. I really believe that going in, going all in head first on this program specifically is not that scary. You know, again, we have done everything possible. We've given you the meal plans, the recipes, which are delightful and Noel is a saint. And, you know, all of the, all of the freedom you, you could hope for. So anyway, uh, those are, those are my sense there. In terms of your food allergies, uh, substitutes for tree nuts and avocados. Oh, leafy greens. You can substitute for these kinds of things like this, especially the leafy greens or just not use leafy greens in, in your cooking for a while, but eventually definitely we want them to come back. And the whole point of the four by four would be to figure out how to heal your system so that you can bring back uh, the greens, which are definitely helpful. And your digestion is revolting uh, in part, maybe because of their fiber in part, because you have some sort of gut flora imbalance and they're like way over fermenting what you're eating, you know, so it makes you um, gassy and bloated and the like. Um, and, but these are the types of issues that you can address again, by, by doing a four by four and by, uh, definitely include in your four by four fermented foods and, or a probiotic supplement to help your gut flora. Cause it sounds like that could be helpful. Uh, yeah, so I would, I would, I don't know if there are any leafy greens that are gentler for you that you know of, but you could swap out one for another. You could also swap it out for literally any other vegetable. You know, I, I know you can't do something that's a cruciferous vegetable, but you could try, I don't know, cabbage would, would be hard on you too. You could try using beets or tomatoes or carrots or onions, you know, just anything, uh, any anything that, that your body handles well in terms of avocados and uh, <laughs> tree nuts, uh, you, you'll probably be okay without them for a while, throw in some olive oil or some olives if you want like a chewy fat, you know, not a liquid fat, like a chewy fat, throw in some olives. Hopefully, wait, are olives tree nuts? I just realized olives grow on trees. I don't know if you're okay with olives, probably, maybe. But if you, you can also do, you take, you're not doing dairy because the four by four, but you could do uh, any of the variety of coconut substitutes, any kinds of animal fats, what have you. Um, it's pretty easy to just load up on load up on fats instead of avocados and then uh yeah those might not be able to come back you know depending on the shape of your allergies but the the leafy greens i think definitely with some gut healing so i don't know what do you think yeah so depending on what your diet is right now kim you can um you can slowly take out some of the more processed foods like if you if you're a person who just needs to work into things more slowly what i would do is if you're not really following like a more nutrient dense diet right now and you have some staple foods that you just need to find you need some time to find alternatives to 
I would work on that. So, for example, if you're like really eating, you know, a lot of rice with dinner or something like that, whatever, like you're, you, you do coffee creamer in the morning and you, and you just kind of want to slowly work on taking some of those things out, that's fine. But when you do the four by four, it needs to be like the four, it needs to be all of it out. So, it's really important be, that, that that is the way it is and that's the way that we did the four by four is because things can cross react. So, Sometimes grains can be a problem because dairy is also a, is, is a problem and creating an issue. And so you want both of those out for four weeks straight and you want to introduce them individually in different types. So when we talk about like dairy, for example, there's all different types of dairy, right? So some people who have a lactose intolerance or who are sensitive to lactose do really, really well with these fermented types of dairy and dairy that has less lactose in it. And, and then when you move to more like types of dairy that just are full of the proteins and the lactose, like just the regular milk, people have issues. So we want you to take it out, like the dairy, the grains, for everybody who is not familiar with the four by four, it's grains, dairy, vegetable oils, refined sugar. So you wanna take all four of those things out completely so that you know how your body is and operates without the influence of those four things and then bring them back individually, specifically grains and dairy in different forms. And it's very well laid out. We wanted this to be something that wasn't, let's harp on all the little things like vanilla extract and the alcohol content and vanilla extract. You know, we didn't, that's not where we make our big gains. We wanted to be talking about the big things and the big reasons that people struggle with their health. And so that is where the four by four came in. We think that those are the four main things that often cause the most health related issues. And so when you do it, you take all four of them out for four weeks and then bring them back very intentionally. So that to me, that's going to be an all or nothing situation. If you just want to take a few weeks to prepare, to get prepared, to kind of shift some things over, that's totally fine. In terms of your food allergies, um, so avocados and tree nuts, you don't necessarily, so in recipes, there is no like one for one substitution, especially for tree nuts. So when we're talking about tree nuts, we're talking about cashews and almonds and a whole lot of different nuts. Olives is, is not a tree nut, but you we're talking about a ton of different almonds. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So you can have olives, but th- we're talking about a ton of different nuts, specifically almonds, which I do have a few recipes, not a lot that have almond flour. And the reason I did that is because I know that a lot of people do have a tree nut allergy and a lot, including kids. And so... I would just not make those recipes. It's very hard. You can't really find a one-to-one substitution when you're talking about, like almond flour can be substituted for cashew flour, for example, and vice versa, but you can't substitute almond flour for like one-on-one for like coconut flour, for example. It's just not gonna work, which coconut is not a tree nut, but some people who are sensitive to tree nuts are also sensitive to coconut. So I would look for recipes online that are paleo-ish or paleo-friendly that are made with coconut flour. You can also look for recipes that are made with cassava root flour, which is actually really, really good and makes really good like pizzas and and cakes and all different muffins and all different kinds of things. So I would just ditch any recipes that have any tree nuts and look for recipes that that use cassava root flour. So you can say cassava root flour paleo recipe if you're looking for a specific thing like a cookie recipe or something like that. Um, The avocados, yep, just eat other types of fat. 
Don't substitute avocado in a recipe. For example, the avocado mousse, you don't want to like use them. Nothing else is really going to work in there. So just, uh, just, you know, move on from that, from that recipe. Um, you can get a lot of, you can get your fat from, from all other areas. And then the leafy green thing does worry me a little bit. So what I would do is do the four by four. Don't include leafy greens. And a start after you complete the reintroduction phase of the four by four and you find if there are certain things like maybe gluten or a sp- specific type of dairy is really bothering you, then reintroduce the leafy greens and see how you do. You can try like a less fibrous, a less rough green, like a like a romaine lettuce, for example, like lettuce is mostly water, although a lot of people are sensitive and have an allergy to lettuce, which would be interesting. But I would reintroduce the leafy greens and see how you do. And if you still have issues with all the leafy greens, I think it would actually be to your benefit to go to a doctor or a functional, like a medical provider. So a functional medicine practitioner and get your gut flora looked at. In ter- you can get like a, you can just, you can do like a stool test and you can actually look at what is the balance of your gut flora. And if you have an overgrowth of, of one kind or if you have an infection in your gut. And I would look into that because it seemed, or you can do like an allergy test. There are a couple ones. We've done an episode a while ago that talked about different food allergy tests. But if you go to a functional medicine practitioner, chances are some of them have had a lot of experience with food allergy tests and have one that they like to do. There's one we like called Cyrex Array 10. But there's other tests that are somewhat like that. So you can actually see if you are allergic to a specific green, which is very possible. Um, So that might be another allergy. But what it's sounding like right now is that your gut flora is not quite prepared or something's a little off. And so it might get healed when you do the 4x4 and you remove a lot of these like potentially problematic foods. But if it doesn't resolve and you're still eating fermented foods and you're taking a probiotic and it hasn't resolved... I would take the next steps to to get your gut microbiome looked at with a with a naturopathic doctor and you should you should you know move forward with that. So, just to make sure there's nothing going on and it doesn't turn into a bigger issue. The Well-Fed Women podcast is brought to you by Omax, the makers of Omax 3, which is an ultra pure and exceptionally concentrated omega-3 supplement. Omax 3 is derived from the richest source of omega-3s in the world, premium quality wild-caught anchovies and sardines. Using a state-of-the-art process, the omega-3 oils are double molecular distilled and cold-pressed for exceptional purity, removing impurities and toxins, and maintaining the structure and integrity of the fatty acids. In short, it's a pure omega-3 supplement that isn't damaged and doesn't cause fish burps. To get a free box of Omax 3 with your first purchase, head over to tryomax.com slash wellfed. Again, that's tryomax.com slash wellfed. Okay, last question is from Lindsay. Hi, Noel and Stephanie. I quickly want to say thank you for all you have taught me through your podcast. I can confidently say I'm healthier and happier because of y'all. A little background. I'm 27 years old. I work full-time and attend... Graduate school part-time. I mostly eat whole foods, but I am not afraid to enjoy a cookie or a margarita if my body is up for it. I tend to eat a higher-fat diet, 
but I get at least 100 grams of carbs in each day. My exercise routine changes, but it's typically boot camp style classes three times a week. I play tennis. I take a walk out in nature at least once a week. I average about seven to nine hours of sleep, seven and a half to nine hours of sleep per night. I'm not sure if it's relevant, just in case I've been diagnosed with IBS and have a high, highly anxious personality. I am constantly feeling foggy, exhausted, and sometimes just plain incoherent. I am struggling to make it through the day at work. I struggle to finish my homework assignments. I feel like I am no fun when I'm with my friends because I'm just so tired. My coworkers seem to make it to 5 p.m. No problem. My friends have a much much busier schedules than I do. Steph always talks about working in the library for 14 hours a day. I do not understand why I'm not able to do the same. No matter what I try, I just can't seem to lift the fog and exhaustion that others around me seem to rarely struggle with. I'm getting so frustrated with the fogginess and feeling I am not bringing my best self into any situation and it's because of the exhaustion. I know the background above seems like a lot, but I promise I find to relax in the, I do find time to relax in the evenings and on weekends. I'm trying to listen to my body and rest when it asks because I have found I don't get much done when I try to power through. Any advice is much appreciated. Thank you for this. First, when I spend all day, every day in the library, I have to. I'm always prioritizing my self-care because I know that the quality of my work will diminish if I don't. And sometimes, like, yes, sometimes I manage to hit a, you know, a nice, get a nice rhythm and I can do it for many days at a time and weeks or whatever. But often I have to manage my sleep and anxiety and headaches. And so I just want you to know that I'm in in a similar situation to you. And I put that 14 hour, 12, 10, whatever hour a day standard up as, as something to aspire to. That being said, there's, there's definitely this, I think is definitely something that can and should be addressed. Uh, brain fog is real and anxiety is real and IBS is real and they are probably not unrelated in, in, in what's going on for you. I would, I would want to actually maybe start with working on the IBS. I would start with the gut health because improving the health of your gut could really help, really help with, with the brain stuff. What does that look like? I think that partly, I mean, try the four by four, right? Uh, Do, I think that really does call for some sort of elimination type diet. I do believe that adding in some fermented foods or probiotics is really helpful. Maybe a collagen supplement or just eat a ton of chicken skin or animal bones or uh, bone broth or or what have you, Um, like a daily dose of that. That can also help uh, with some intestinal stuff. Um, but I, 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 I would start there. <clears throat> There's a huge connection between the gut and mental health. Uh, other things that you can do in the meantime, I would maybe try, I would maybe try a B vitamin supplement uh, early in the day, like a B complex, a high quality B complex. Help support mental functioning and especially to give you some energy. I don't know if that would impair your sleep at all later. Probably not. Um, I would take that earlier in the day and see if that can help with with the brain foggy kind of stuff. Maybe a little bit of green tea, something that has some 
you know, there is caffeine and green tea, also tons of antioxidants. So it's, it's great uh, for people to handle caffeine. Uh, if you can, I, I do think that, you know, at least as a stopgap, it can help you uh, get through your days while you're trying to figure everything out. And I don't think it'll hurt your health so long as you're still uh, sleeping well. I wouldn't say you need to forego caffeine entirely, especially because you're sleeping well, you know, which is really important and great. And also whatever kind of psychological work that you can do, like it's just, it's really, really amazing what a huge impact on our physical health you know, um, <coughs> therapy or figuring out what types of things are actually stressing us out uh, can do for us. Uh, it seems like you have a lot of really good practices in place, but you know, I, we can't say, I can never know what, what might be going on for you, you know, behind, behind those practices. Um, and so I would really, really recommend that. I don't know if you have brain fog specific recommendations, but I'll ask before I keep rambling. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so I do. And this is for all the women of the world. If you ever feel exhausted or fatigued or foggy, like that is not normal. You know, that is not a normal bodily response, especially when you're in your 20s. It is normal to be exhausted and tired. But, you know, that is those are symptoms of an underlying condition. And the the easy things, the easy recommendations that I would make if you're ever feeling this way is to go get your thyroid tested. Go get a full thyroid panel to make sure that that something's not is not as is not going on. And to also get your your adrenals looked at. Your adrenals are responsible for so much. We know that adrenal fatigue, quote unquote fatigue, which we know the adrenals don't all of a sudden get just so tired that they decide to stop working. But adrenal fatigue has become a popular topic you know, in recent years. And that's because it's a real thing. And that's because we are we are a society that doesn't, we don't know how to manage and deal with stress. And the thing that you said is I, I'm a highly anxious personality. I, I think that that is, that can be a big player in this. And so it could be a trigger. And I, so I would, you know, make sure your thyroid is functioning appropriately and make sure your adrenals aren't, you know, going through some sort of dysfunction or dysregulation. Because if you're experiencing chronic stress and, you, and your, your adrenals produce cortisol for everybody who doesn't, you know, know what the connection is with the adrenals. The adrenals produce cortisol. That's really important. That's our stress management hormone, which kind of controls everything. <laughs> and if, if we have chronic cortisol going on, so we're just like chronically stressed, cortisol you know, when it's chronically elevated, impacts every other hormone in the endocrine system. So that's when we start to see things get a little wonky. And if this process goes on and on and on, then that's where our adrenals start to get a little beat up and they start to just the signaling with our brain starts to, you know, go through issues, um, dysfunction. There is, it doesn't, our, our adrenals don't communicate properly to our brain and, and vice versa. And so, it can be a big issue, you know, and, and you're, if you don't have your adrenals functioning properly, that can impact every other thing. And that's where major fatigue can come in. That's where the fogginess can come in. But this can also be tied to and involved with your thyroid or it can be a thyroid issue. So first and foremost, get a full thyroid panel. We've done a lot of episodes with thyroid experts. I just did one with Elena. And we've done one with Isabella Wentz about, you know, we talked about her new book. I would highly recommend getting <laughs> Dr. Tatis Karazian's book, Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms When My Lab Tests Are Normal? 
just having a general understanding of what that looks like, you may find that as you read that book, you're like, oh my gosh, these are all my symptoms, right? And so that can help give you a little bit of a better clue of what's going on. I do think that gut health is, you know, your gut is definitely linked to your brain. Your gut and your brain communicate constantly. If you don't have a healthy microbiome, you are going to be impacted negatively. Your brain is. And so I do think that that's important. So while you're getting, you know, your thyroid and adrenals looked at and tested and you're finding a trusted medical provider that that will help you with that, I think you should take Stephanie's advice about really looking for ways to improve your gut health and removing potentially problematic foods. That's where the food, the four by four comes in, seeing how they affect you, seeing if any of these things improve because another issue, the two big dietary causes of brain fog are blood sugar issues. So if you have like a high car, like a highly refined, high sugar diet going on and you have these kind of blood sugar swings that can cause fatigue and, and uh, brain fog, but that doesn't sound like that's your issue, right? Because we know your diet. Um, the second one is potentially um, like food sensitivities. And so if you're eating a food that you have a food you're, you're sensitive to or you have an allergy to, that can really cause brain fog. So those are the two big nutritional causes of brain fog. So for example, if you're sensitive to gluten and you're constantly eating gluten, or maybe you're not, you're like, oh, I don't eat that much gluten. It's only here or there. Even the little tiniest bit can cause issues. So it needs to be removed for an extended period of time, not just a week, not just two weeks, for at least four weeks and reintroduced. Um, And that's where the four by four is so valuable. So those kinds of things can cause brain fog. But really, in the end, it's how is your gut functioning? What's your gut health look like? Have you removed these potentially problematic foods? Are you proactively eating probiotic foods, taking a probiotic, I would recommend doing both, especially in your situation, and continue to prioritize sleep during all of this because that is important. And it does sound like you're listening to your body. Um, I would also wonder, you know, as you're trying to figure out what's going on, if you're, if you've ever looked at your caloric intake and if you've ever looked at or experimented with adding more carbohydrate back in and seeing how you feel carbohydrates in the form of whole foods like apples and sweet potatoes and potatoes, or maybe even soaking rice and having that and just experimenting with that and seeing how your energy levels improve. And if your brain fog, if that lifts a little bit, um, because you may be, you know, under eating. I don't know. I haven't looked at, you know, what you're eating on a day-to-day basis. So it could be that going low carb means that you're eating um, too little and you, that might be just taking its toll. And that could actually be impacting your thyroid and your adrenals as well. So make sure you're eating enough first and foremost and work on your gut health, but please go get your thyroid and your adrenals tested because brain fog and fatigue, it's not, that's not normal. Um, there are a lot of like herbs that are that are helpful for brain function. So if you start to feel a little bit better, you can experiment with like doing these more specific changes um, with your diet and stuff like that. You can experiment with things like Lion's Mane, which is actually uh, our sponsor for Sigmatic. They make like medicinal mushroom drinks. And I've heard of a lot of people having feeling so much better taking the Lion's Mane drink, which is... It's like a, a the lion's mane is a specific mushroom that is supposed to help produ- the production of new neurons. So it is specific to brain function. And there is this, um, it's ginkgo is like a supplement. It's a, um, a specific, like it's supposed to boost stem cell production and enhance, you know, memory and cognition and, and pr- 
like, I don't know, repair damaged brain cells and all that kind of stuff. So I used to take that in college if I was feeling a little like, eh. Um, but uh, so I think that there are there are like a few things that you can see. Ginkgo is G-I-N-K-G-O, by the way. Um, so there, there are some, some herbs that you can experiment, some supplements you can experiment with. Um, but long term, I would really just... Make sure that your thyroid and your adrenals are functioning appropriately because it, it is popular and it is it's something that a lot of women struggle with. But if you have a very highly anxious personality and you're always spinning and you're kind of that's a constant and chronic stressor in your life, that's going to impact you physically. And we have to make that connection. You know what what we're, what's going on our in our what's going on in our mind impacts our physical health. We have to make that connection. So. Okay, that's all the things. Anything else, Steph? No. No. Okay, great. Wonderful. For more from me, you could go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. For more from Stephanie, go to paleoforwomen.com. Please go to Amazon and leave a review for the book. We would so appreciate it. We're going to be doing some giveaways for shirts, new or well-fed women shirts, and we will let you guys know all about it. And we're going to be doing it on our um, well-fed women Instagram well-fed women at well-fed women is is our handle on Instagram. We're going to be doing some giveaways on Instagram. So don't miss them. Go follow us there. We're going to be doing uh, multiple giveaways. So you have many chances to earn a free shirt. But you know what? You got to leave a review for, for the podcast. Oh, no, sorry. Not the podcast. You got to leave a review for the book. Don't worry about the podcast anymore. That's not a big deal. Go and leave a review for the book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, on Amazon. If you love it, just give us the five stars. You know you want to. Uh, That's it from us, and we'll talk to you next week.